right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell. Danny Canel, Rajah Bell with you on this Thursday. Massive news. Rajah Bell is one year older than he was before. <laughs> Happy birthday to my co-host, Rajah Bell. Look at that confetti you. flowing here. Uh, Big day. Now, last year you took off on your birthday, I think, if I remember I? correctly. Yeah, some people do that. Like, I hey, should've. bounce. <laughs> right. I should have. I thought about it. <laughs> I, I think it should be kind of like, I would love if our country would just get on board with that. Just be like, hey, you get holidays. We have, you know, other, you know, uh, weekday holidays, sure. Memorial Day, Labor Day. Yeah. Why not just make it birthday? Now, I do think you'd have to prove it. Not saying that you would, but right. in general, on your tax forms, mm-hmm. your birthday, you get off. You know, I kind of like it. Why, why not? I do. I mean, I, of all the holidays, wouldn't if that be I like was, the most important day oh, you of all of them? Yes, right? for sure. If I was running as a presidential candidate, as we're seeing some of these debates, part of this, platform. I think that would be like number one. Because I think that would actually get you a lot of votes, especially the younger generation. Something to see on the Canel 2024. Maybe, maybe we'll see Bell, uh, Canel and Bell 2024. <laughs> With some of these people out there, I don't know. Hold up. We don't want to oh, get yeah, let's not, Yeah, let's not open that hole. can of worms. Yeah. All right. Um, Thursday Night Football. So. We have a matchup that is not exactly, uh, exactly sexy, mm-hmm. um, because it's going to be a matchup of quarterbacks that are less than exciting. Yep. Marcus Mariota's trying to hang on to his job, trying to hang on to his future, but we have Gardner Minshew. The Minshew continues for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars? Am I saying it right? Cause Jaguars. I got, I got trolled a little bit for saying it. What Jaguars. Jag- Jaguar. I what guess. is it? Jaguar? I, I don't know. That's War? what I was Jaguar? saying. I thought I said Jaguar? it right. I'll just say Jags. You're in and around so, the yeah. Titans versus Jags. Gardner Minshew has been playing really well yeah. for a rookie that was not one of the top guys in the first round. Kind of an afterthought coming out of Washington state. I loved him in college. He reminds me a lot of a guy that I played with and Jake Plummer, one of my, one of my good buddies. Just the way he plays what, the game, his freewheeling style. What was it about him that people didn't think would translate when you put up numbers like he did at Washington State? Yep. What, well, what, two things. Right. One, when you're playing at Washington State, you get a little bit knocked because people say, oh, you're a product of the system. Jake Allen. All right. He you know, played, like, he played Wyoming though. Like, what's Wyoming, that? Like, I'm saying there have been quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Systems but, where, okay. So here's the, so that's the first thing. Right. Second thing is Josh Allen, who you're talking about played at Wyoming is like 6'5", 240. Gardner Minshew is not exactly the, the biggest dude in the world. All like right. he doesn't, I mean, he actually used to, when he was at Washington State, he would come out to practice like in pregame, whether it was 30 degrees out, and he'd be throwing around footballs in like jorts and yeah. pregame, <laughs> jorts and no shirt and a headband, like a bandana. Right. And like if you saw him, his body, like you're not saying, oh, that's a franchise NFL quarterback. Yeah. So that hurt okay. him some as well. But the reason I liken him to Jake Plummer is because Jake Plummer was kind of the same build, wasn't exactly your prototypical quarterback, uh, was a little bit of a, a unique personality off the field, fun-loving type of guy, but ultimate competitor would find a way to make plays, which is what you've seen from Gardner Minshew so far to this point. Three touchdowns, one interception, a 111 passer rating. The end of the Texans game, when you saw him just find a way to make that touchdown before they went for two and went to Leonard Fournette, is kind of what you're going to get from him, which is exciting. And yeah. I think there is a chance that the Jags might have – now this is where it gets to be a really interesting conversation. We've seen quarterbacks come out of nowhere. Uh, Kurt Warner is the ultimate example. The guy was bagging groceries, playing arena football. Then um, you know Trent Green goes down. All of a sudden he takes over. You've also had bigger name guys. Tom Brady was a six-round pick. Nobody would have said, oh, that's the heir apparent to Drew Bledsoe. Um, Colin Kaepernick came in with his second round pick, I believe, took over for Alex Smith. Dak Prescott, fourth round pick. Nobody saw that one coming. 
Uh, and then you've had sort of the bigger names that, yes, they were succession plans and maybe happened sooner than you thought in Steve Young and Lamar Jackson, who took over their spots. But, like, when you look at Kurt Warner as the ultimate kind of guy under the radar who took over, I don't think it's that crazy to think that Gardner Minshew could be a quarterback that all of a sudden becomes the Jags franchise quarterback where they're not looking for a draft. They're okay with parting ways with Nick Foles, who they just paid a lot of money with. He's pretty exciting. He's pretty dynamic. And ultimately, it will come down to wins and, and losses. I think he could win some games for him. Well, that Wally Pip effect is a real thing, right? That's, yeah. Um, Jerry Sloan and, and the Utah Jazz used to use that. Like, I think more so to keep you from, like, missing practice. Yeah. <laughs> it scare you with the Wally Pip story, right? Yep. Um, the pro, the, the interesting part about this to me is that you haven't really seen Nick Foles. When I looked at the Nick Foles deal, cause I thought it was a short term, like, two year deal at first. Yep. It's what I it registered in my mind is mm-hmm. kind of, Having him hold a place for someone, but they actually went out and gave him like four years. Um, what was it? 88 million. But the real money, like we always look at is closer to two years. Is it closer? To, yeah. Okay. Well, the, where this gets interesting to me is because I think they have faith in him more so than a true placeholder and he hasn't had the opportunity to let you down. Do you know what I mean? So Gardner may be a, a, a great story and he could actually be the guy for them. You know, if he continues to do it, but I think there's always going to be a part of that organization that's like, you know, we haven't seen what Nick Foles can do for us yet either. So it's not going to be as easy as saying, well, you know, Nick Foles wasn't really carrying the mail. He wasn't getting it done. This injury, you know, came at a real opportune time for us as a franchise. Gardner Minshew's now the guy. We can part ways with Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Like he, he just hasn't had a chance there yet. And it's a clavicle. Um, it's not like a career threatening type of thing. Right. I think you know? he's supposed to be back week 10. I right. Think, is around the time. He's, look, I'm not saying Gardner Mitchell's going to steal Nick Foles' job. Oh. And if he does, because politics get involved, like they, you, you have a lot of money invested in Nick sure. Foles. So the Jags do want to go back to him. Gardner Minshew has to ball out. They have to win games because he could even play great. But if they're losing, they're going to go back to Nick Foles because sure. he's the guy they've invested well, in. More than anything, they got to find. They have to find out which one of those is the guy. Well, so if it's look, if it's Gardner, right, and 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 it's it's clear and everybody knows it, then you, you're going to have to eat that money and figure out what to do with Nick Foles. You know what I mean? Yep. But that, and the that's NFL is really the ultimate meritocracy. Like you have to earn sure. your playing time. And you know, some coaches, it was kind of an antiquated philosophy, though. Is, well, you can't lose your job due to injury. Like, if you get hurt and you're playing great, you're going to get your job right back. I got my opportunity with the Giants because Dave Brown got hurt. He right. was the starter. He was the franchise. He got hurt. We ended up winning. I wasn't even playing that great. I was playing pretty good. But we ended up winning going to the playoffs, and he didn't see the field again. Yeah. Like, and, and that was like – and I remember that was asked by a lot of people, well, should Dave Brown get his job back? Is this unfair to him? Nothing fair about it. Like, you have – you. If there's somebody else and they're Life, getting the baby. job done, exactly, Life. exactly. So that's where I would think the the best case for Gardner Minshew to steal Nick Foles' job is to somehow have a, a winning type run right. for all of a sudden, and then it does help that he's kind of has this personality that's become a darling of the NFL. Sure. Where then the home franchise starts feeling some pressure as we have to stick with this guy, and then maybe you look at other options for maybe moving Nick Foles or moving on from him as some other one. But that's a long way down the road. Um, Gardner Minshew, we heard Leonard Fournette at his press conference last week say, we were joking about it, how he would, would stretch out there in just his jock strap, right? It was a funny story. It's kind of a, a whim, musical thing. There's a whole, uh, listen, there's a whole generation of, of kids, athletes, that don't know what jock straps are. <laughs> what? You know, so that, you're right? telling me kids like your, your sons who play I have no idea football. What I have no idea. They what don't. They, we, they were tights. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're probably like, way more comfortable. NBA dudes, we didn't wear jock straps. You we did at any tights. point in your career. When we were younger, but like towards the end, you wear, you have tights. Like, right. no one's walking around in jock strap. Really? So I only say it only it only dawned on me because like like <laughs> that's true. They probably earlier like, huh? I, I know what a jock strap looks like, right? right? Like there are a whole lot of people and they probably never <laughs> Right. But logistically the tights do keep you together the way that the jock strap yeah, right, is. Correct. So why wear the uncomfortable, dorky looking jock strap right. when you can just wear tights? Well, Garden Mitchell's a throwback. He's so he's like, I'm gonna go stretch in front of everybody and you know, do all this stuff <laughs> in front of the team. Yeah. Well, adult website Cam Soda. Soda, took advantage okay. of it, and they were like, oh, this could be the perfect opportunity for us to make some money. They reached out to Gardner Minshew to host a fitness class on their website <laughs> wearing just his jockstrap. Oh, yeah. The offer, yeah. get this, this is where you start thinking about Dang. it, is up to a million bucks. It includes other details and requests that are not appropriate for the HQ audience. That one, if it was just the class yeah. and a jockstrap, and if you, like, you may consider it. I, I would be embarrassed could, I don't my parents. My parents would be appalled if I did it. I don't know that you could do that. But what if you said, all right, camera's only in front, no rear angles. Nope. Like, you, like, you gotta <laughs> stay in front of me. I'll lead any class you want for a million bucks. Maybe it's just one class. Are you kidding me? My wife teaches fitness class. I think she gets like 40 bucks a class. Oh, I mean, like, whether you would be willing to do it or not is a whole separate conversation from what your franchise gonna do when you're out there on, on, on a, what kind of an adult website lead yeah. video, right? We always talk about our quarterbacks being like the CEOs and representing the franchise. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> exactly. not, not the, the look they want to give you. Right. Uh, the website also plans on reaching out to Nick Foles, aka BDN. Uh, you can figure that out. And Chris Jones, I don't know if you remember <laughs> this dude at the combine was doing uh-huh. his 40. Like tripped, stumbled, and in the process, those tights you were talking about, uh, his jump popped out. <laughs> yeah, on NFL Network Live TV, they want to reach out to him too. So good luck with Cam Soda. Ultimately, like even if no deal comes, it's great exposure for that great site. I had never heard of it before. Probably, you know, it's it's one that's out there now. Everybody's talking about him. I would love to ask offer. that dude. How did you get? How did it become a thing for you? to be stretching? <laughs> how did that become a thing? Right? Think I know. Easy. I know guys that are like. You know, kind of funny like that. Like you referenced like Jake Palmer. Right. There were guys in the NBA that were funny like that. Yep. How did that become your thing? Right. I don't know. You know I, mean? I don't know. He went out there, did it, probably got a really funny response. And every time they're like, here goes Mark Minshew. And guys are howling, laughing. Yeah. It is in a very stressful environment, course of an NFL season. It is something that could relax guys. I will say this. If you start losing games, you might want to keep that up. Dial, you know, it, like, dial it back, yeah, dial a it back just a little bit. Oh. Um, speaking of the Jags, Jalen Ramsey who was um, in the sideline tussle with mm-hmm. Doug Marone. It got pretty ugly for, for a second. Demands a trade. It's kind of all over the map as far as the news that's coming out of Jacksonville. Um, there's reportedly a trade could possibly happen, and it wouldn't happen until Friday after tonight's game. Doug Marone saying, hey, he's still going to play. I still think that he that this might actually work. I talked to Nate Burleson of CBS, mm-hmm. does the NFL Network morning show yesterday, and he was saying he talked to Jalen Ramsey and said, you know, I think maybe there's a potential that they could put this behind him. As Doug Marone said, if I would have heard it from Doug Marone, I'd been like, yeah, right. But if Jalen Ramsey's opening up about it and saying, hey, maybe it was just a difference of opinion on a sideline. Maybe they're able to come to that, hey, it's hot, it's heated, you say things, we apologize, we move on. Right. Because – Ramsey did. He played college football right down the road at Florida State in Tallahassee. He does say he loves Duval, like he loves the fans. Maybe, and maybe the bigger picture probably is the Jags probably saying, we're going to take care of you contractually. That's just now we're with talking. us. 
that maybe is the one where you can see. I don't know if it's happening now, though. Like, I don't think they're going to extend him tomorrow. Right. So I, I don't know who to believe, I guess, is what I'm getting to. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up staying in Jacksonville. Well, yeah. I mean, I t- we talked about it the other day. But you, you look, if you are the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars, Jaguars. Now I'm, <laughs> I know. Now, I'm, now you're now um, I'm in your head. If you can secure that type of talent at that position, and you can and you can keep it on your roster, it behooves you to do so. Uh, you know what I mean? Unless you're going to Miami Dolphin it, and you're saying like we just don't care, we're going to give away everything we have to get draft picks and cap space. But in anything short of that, those are premium position players, and he's a premium talent at a premium position. If it's salvageable, you try to do that. Now there are situations where it cannot be salvaged, like right. I like Antonio Brown, and, and like you, you, there's some th- things you can't walk back. But if you can, you would try to do that if you were the organization. From the player's perspective, I mean, I guess it, ultimately it does come down to Brett. I did hear uh, like him complaining about the way he was being used and so on and so forth. Right. Um, they ask him to do a lot. Yeah. They tell him you're going to cover that receiver, and usually it's the be- always the best receiver puts him in a tough spot. It makes his you know, I heard somebody, I forget who it was that I saw tweet out something like, oh, he's kind of overrated because he's not a top ranked. When you look at some of the analytics defensive back and they've dropped, you know why? Because not a lot of defensive backs are asked to do the types of he, the things that he does. The right. rules nowadays, it's impossible to truly be a lockdown NFL corner, but you can still be really good. And yeah. maybe you get some balls thrown your way and some completions your way. That doesn't mean you're garbage as a defensive back. It just means a lot of other defensive backs are protected are protected with safety help over the sure. top or they're staying on one side of the field. They're not getting the best opponent across from them every single time. Jalen Ramsey gets that most of the time. Yeah, you're alone. So, you know, my my life in the NBA was, I mean, kind of like that. Right. I wasn't a Jalen Ramsey talent, but it didn't matter who your best offensive player was. If he was a one, two, or three, I had to guard him. And – I could play really good defense and still get 40 hung on me because you're, you're like, you rules are usually in place for offensive players and good offense usually beats good defense all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, it's yeah. just, it happens. So, you know, those, that's an interesting conversation because I can relate to that a little bit in that, Hey man, I'm being, I'm, I got to guard at one, two and a three. He could be six, seven, six, eight. I'm six, five. I still got to guard him. They can run a hundred plays for him. I got to guard him and he's going to get buckets. And ultimately it looks like I didn't do a good job, except I could take you to the film. And I could show you where I'm right where I'm supposed to be every time, and I'm doing my job. Just good O beats good D. You know what's crazy about this Jags organization? If they do move on from him, they trade away Dante Fowler last season. Yeah. Uh, if they trade away Jalen Ramsey, this is a defense that carried them all the way to the AFC Championship game where they were up 14-3 to at halftime in Foxborough and imploded in that game. But since that game, it's been a free fall for this organization. And you wonder, like, how does that happen? How does this... How does this franchise go from that close to being a Super Bowl team to all of a sudden five and eleven last year and zero and two this season? Now I get it, you Blake overachieve. Bortles. Yeah, you think, but I don't know. This defense was really good, but you're probably right. They probably did overachieve, and Blake Bortles wasn't asked to do a ton. He didn't screw things up that bad, and then all of a sudden it went back to being Blake Bortles in year two, and the defense wasn't quite as great as yeah. they were because they were generationally great in 2017. Yeah, no, you have a you have a team that. Circumstances fall your way. I can't remember the entire season with injuries and and who had them on other teams and so on and so forth. But you know, you you had everything go right for you. Your defense was really good, and there and there you go, sitting in an AFC you know championship. Yeah. But you, when you regress to the mean, right, and you become who you were, that's that that's the outlier that particular season. The rest of it, I think, is right in line with what you would expect out of Jacksonville. So 
I, I don't think it's an epic slippage. I just think they had a great season and all their cards were aligned in their favor and they had a shot at it. You know what's weird too? If Jalen Ramsey plays tonight, like if that was an NBA player or a Major League Baseball player. Shut him and down. Right. Shut him down. So to me, because they're playing him, does that mean that he actually ends up staying there? Like I wonder, because you'd be foolish if you had a deal in place with the Chiefs, let's yeah. say, for instance, and it was a first round pick and you had that kind of all ready to go and you were just waiting till tomorrow to sign it. Like, why wouldn't you, why would you risk losing that deal on the table? Because if he gets hurt, that could be totally blown up. So to me, I wonder if that's a sign of, well, all right, maybe he's going to stay. Could be. Yeah. Uh, the only, the, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit is, you know, NBA game, you got 82. Yeah. So if you mess around and miss two games while you're waiting for the trade to go through or the particulars to be hot, ironed out. Not a huge You deal. haven't lost that much, you know, ground. If you still think you're viable, Jacksonville, that is, and you're not going to get the deal done right away. I mean, that's one sixteenth of your schedule. It's a little bit more, you know, Time sensitive, if you will. You know what I would love to see happen, and I think it's virtually zero percent chance that it happens. Although Adam she- Adam Schefter was out reporting this morning that a team did inquire about this specific situation. Was Jalen Ramsey suits up tonight, mm-hmm. plays, and then on Sunday, right back to back, goes out and plays for a team that he's traded to? That, can't be that would be so cool. That can't. That can't be a. They, that well, I don't know because and the, then my question: This is from the player's perspective. Can you get a double paycheck? Because you are paid per game. And if you play two games in one week, like, do you double up on that? So, all right, let me tell you my story. I'll hijack it. All right. I was signed by the San Antonio Spurs in 2001, right? Yeah. I think they've, they've worked this out in the NBA, so you can't do this anymore. But San Antonio Spurs cut me in the preseason, day before, uh, regular season started. But they had to pay me my whole, like, NBA minimum, you know, salary. Yeah. So I got paid that whole year. And then I caught on with the Sixers towards the end of the year on 10 days. And so I was at, essentially getting double paychecks, right? Because I was getting paid from the San Antonio Spurs, and then I was getting paid my 10-day contracts, right? And so you could do that right. in the NBA. Double up. I don't think you could double up anymore. <laughs> I think they got wise to it. would to be it. an unprecedented yeah. thing. With injuries, the way we're so protective of bodies, I don't think there's any chance it could happen. Although a defensive back doesn't see a lot of contact, he might be able to do it. I don't think it would happen, though, yeah. in the end. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Canal and Bell. Let's bring back our buddy Emery Hunt, as we do every single Thursday on the show, and get some of the picks. What's up, Emery? How are we doing today? I'm doing fine, man. As always, I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. What advice do you have for people? Because you've had, much like I'm sure most people, trying to make picks or trying to make a little dough, uh, up and down season, right? Two and four this past weekend, but you were six and zero oh the week before. You're eight and ten on the year. Like, what advice do you have to people? Like, don't panic. Just let it out. It'll play out over the season. What advice do you have for people? Exactly. Just don't panic and allow it to take shape because we know how football is, especially in the NFL. By week three or four, we really start to understand who teams are, what they bring to the table, and it allows you to better project. College football is a little bit unique, I think, this year. But the one piece of advice I will always give is always trust service academies. That's easy money each and every week. (laughs) There you go. I love it. Well, I have found a trend, and I'm curious to get your take on this. 
because I am going to fade the Miami Dolphins all season long. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care what the point spread is. They have quit. I think it's going to be the worst team in NFL history. That being said, they are a 21-and-a-half-point 20, dog versus the Cowboys this weekend. Cowboys have looked awesome. Their lines are likely going to be around this number all year. What would you advise to do with the Dolphins? Would you take that, or would you just stay away from them? I would take that depending on the opponent. See, last week I got caught up thinking that, okay, pride is going to kick in. They'll be better. They won't get blown out like they did against the Ravens, and they got blown out once again by the New England Patriots. Now they face another offense like the Cowboys, which is just as good as the Patriots and just as good as the Ravens. They'll get blown out again this upcoming Sunday. All right, let's let's go to tonight's game. You got the Titans uh, at Jaguars laying one and a half. Uh, obviously, you got the Minshew um, and whatever's going on with Jalen Ramsey there. What do, what do you think this one looks like? I think it's going to be about the running game. Who can stop the run? And then when that happens, who can you trust to make plays in the passing game, which then puts the onus on the receiving core? Which receiving core do you trust? All of that, to me, favors Tennessee. So I would lay the points with the Titans in this ballgame. All right, Panthers at Cardinals. Panthers dealing with Cam Newton, struggling on the field, struggling with injuries as well, going on the road to face Kyler Murray, who is a home dog at two and a half points. Which one do you like? Which way do you lean on this game? Without Cam Newton and with the way the Cardinals played last week in Baltimore, they first of all, they got to get better inside the red zone. They had an opportunity to win that game multiple times over. I would take the Cardinals in the points in this one. I think they can get their first victory of the season against Carolina. Ooh, that's that's tough. That's danger. Kyler Murray, watch out though. Good All for right. him. <laughs> last uh last NFL game, uh Texans plus three at the Chargers. I like Deshaun Watson more so than Phillip Rivers, although Phillip Rivers is a fantastic future Hall of Fame quarterback. I just think Deshaun Watson has that it factor about his game, and I can trust their ability to overcome any deficit within the ball game. I just don't trust the Chargers enough right now to take them over Houston. All right, UCF, my squad that's going to sooner or later, they're going to change up this playoff system, which they need to get a chance. Last week, they were super impressive versus Stanford. They hammered him. Dylan Gabriel, the true freshman quarterback, was awesome. Now they take this show on the road against Pitt, who played Penn State pretty tough last week. UCF laying 12 and a half versus Pitt. Which way are you leaning? I love US, uh, UCF in this ballgame. Lay the points with the Golden Knights, but you know what's going to happen. They went out this offseason. They scheduled Stanford. They scheduled Pitt. ACC, Pac-12, and the talk will be at the end of the season, well, they played a, a bad Stanford team. Well, they played a bad Pitt team. I feel bad for them. They're going to run through the schedule once again, but lay all the points with the Golden Knights. All right, UCF can't win for losing. That's got to be tough when you just can't do anything. Right? You can't win. That'd be yeah. helpless. Um, all right, let's talk about Wyoming at Tulsa. Wyoming plus three. I love the Cowboys' defense in this ballgame, and they can run the football, which means they can slow this Tulsa Golden Hurricane offense down. They can play any type of game, but I think what's going to help them out in this matchup is the fact that they can slow it down, drain that clock, take the air out of the ball, and walk away with a victory. All right, big game of the weekend. CBS, primetime, 8 o'clock. Notre Dame, Ian Book, quarterback, going to face Jake Fromm in Athens. Between the hedges? Yeah, between the hedges. This would be a good game. I don't know. Maybe it won't. Uh, who do you like in this one with Georgia laying 14 and a half, a massive number? Yeah, I think this is about right. Lay all the points with Georgia in this game. You look at the backfield, you have DeAndre Swift, you have Zamir White, and a host of other tailbacks that can really do a lot of damage. And right now, I just don't trust Notre Dame offensively to do anything explosive in the in the passing game and also 
coming from the backfield. So I think this is going to be a big-time win for Georgia against a highly-ranked Notre Dame team. Love it. Emery, good stuff as always. Good luck with the picks this weekend. Enjoy it. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Those are Emery's picks. Let's give ours. Let's start with the game we were just talking about. Notre Dame in Athens, primetime. Georgia looks really good this year. I'm going to ride with Emory and the Georgia Bulldogs at home. Um, they've got multiple playmakers. Um, Emory, Emory just alluded to them. They're yep. really physical uh, up front. And Notre Dame, I mean, I need someone else to step up. I know Ian Book is dope, but I don't know who else they got. And maybe that's my my just... They don't have that many. They clearly don't have as right. many weapons. Chase Claypool is their wide receiver. He's 6'4", 228. Tony Jones Jr. is a running back. They're a little bit depleted because of injuries. But that being said, 14.5 is a big number. Okay. And I love the fact that I'm getting that hook at the end. Okay. I'm going to take Notre Dame and 14 and a half. I think, I think Georgia wins by about two touchdowns. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm down on that half. I'm down on that hook. <laughs> All right. The next one, UCF on the road at Pitt. I'm going to take UCF, land the 12 and a half. Maybe I'm enamored with Dylan Gabriel, this true freshman. I watched their film yesterday afternoon. I'm doing a breakdown for some shows I'm doing yeah. this weekend. He is a stud and Pitt. I just, I don't think they can hang. UCF is a good football team. They're athletic. They're fast. They got a quarterback who can sling it now. I like UCF. You know, I bet against them last week, and I'm not going to do it again. And I think that kid Taylor Gabriel is the truth, too. So I'm going to go with UCF and the points at Pittsburgh. Even though Pittsburgh is a sneaky, tough place to play. They are. And it is. Well, like, you're just saying that because the Hurricanes the last no, year, it is. a couple years ago. But I, I don't take it because the Hurricanes haven't been very good. Maybe no, that's what else but they were. They were really good that year. And I went to the game. <laughs> I know. And the did. atmosphere there, like, it was a, it was a, it was it a is sneaky, cool. tough place to play. And they were in Heinz Field, right? Yeah. They play in an NFL stadium. It is kind of cool. I've covered some games up there. It is a great scene. Uh, the biggest game in the noon slot out of the Big Ten could have playoff implications. Michigan on the road at Wisconsin. Two teams completely shifted what we thought of them. Coming into the season, Wisconsin, eh. Michigan, yeah, they got a chance to uh, knock off Ohio State. Then, three weeks in, all of a sudden, it's Michigan can't do anything offensively. Wisconsin's world beaters. Wisconsin laying three at home. This is a tough game to pick. I'm gonna, yeah, I know it is. I'm gonna take Wisconsin at home though, because of the numbers supported. Wolverines one and six against the spread, past seven row games. Favorites are four and one against the spread in the past five meetings. So I'm gonna take Wisconsin with the points at home, uh, to cover at home. Let me ask you a question though. Now, after you get your pick, yep. what does this start to mean for Harvard? Oh man, uh, it's uh, Michigan fans are gonna start getting antsy. They're yeah. gonna start saying, "Hey, why are we paying this guy this money?" I know he's a Michigan man, but we need to start see. Seeing results, right? I think you're going to see a little bit of panic out of Ann Arbor for sure. I'll go with you. I remember last year I picked the national champion was Clemson as long as Trevor Lawrence was the quarterback. If Dylan McCaffrey, quarterback for Michigan, backup quarterback, if he comes in the first quarter, I'm switching my pick. Really? I'm going, they need to play Dylan McCaffrey. Shea Patterson is not the answer. If they do that, I'm switching my pick. But since they haven't and they're still rolling with Shea Patterson – I'm going Wisconsin. Okay. All right. Makes sense. So yeah. remember that. Yeah. Dylan McCaffrey comes in, another starts balling. You watch it. Auburn on the road in College Station playing a true freshman. Bo Nix, Texas A&M, three and a half point favorite. I like Texas A&M playing at home. Bo Nix has been a little bit up and down. I don't yeah. think the consistency is there. It's a good story. It was a good win um, yeah. that first game of the year, but I'm taking Texas A&M at home with the points. All right. Most important game of the weekend. Hey. Louisville. On the road in Tallahassee, playing Willie Taggart, struggling. Seminole. I'm pulling for Willie Taggart. Boom! There you go. 
Uh, look at that number, though. Seminoles are one and four against the spread in their past five home games. Because it's dead. Nobody goes there. <laughs> I'm going to take Florida State as well. I think this is their breakout game. I know Florida State fans and boosters have been frustrated. They don't. All they see is the loss column. I've seen progress. I was actually okay. impressed with the way they played against Virginia. I think they get that kind of relaxing two-touchdown win because, man, in the fourth quarter, they just start squeezing it because they've had that uh, and blown it before. Central Michigan. On the road against your Miami Hurricanes. The Chippewas? Yeah. I know nothing about the Chippewas. <laughs> I really I need don't. to learn because I have to cover them in a couple weeks. Um, I'm going to take Miami to cover the 29 and a half. I, I think they're, um, I heard Manny Diaz on the radio talk about getting his playmakers the ball or getting his playmakers the ball in space and allowing some of those guys to, to get wide open and start filling out who they are as college football players. So for that reason, I think they try to score the ball and they'll cover the 29 and a half. I'm with you uh, on that. I'll take Miami uh, playing at home. Central Michigan's had a pretty nice start to the season, but I think Miami's going to be too much. And they, they're they kind of still trying to get some like momentum going yeah. after the 0-2 start. Right. They got the win against Bethune. I think they continue to keep this thing rolling, so I'll lay the 29-and-a-half as well. Uh, quickly, Mike Leach, one of the most intriguing coaches in all of college football because he's weird and peculiar. Yeah. Gardner Mitchell's old coach yeah. kind of played together. <laughs> Listen to what he said. He had this debate because he was asked which Pac-12 mascot would win in a fight. He didn't give an easy answer. Listen to the listen to what he said. What kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We got to consider that. Uh, the Great Trojan question. is he? Does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just mm. a sword? The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. The Ute again. We're back to. Uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that Ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. The Kugel find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. Phenomenal. During a game week too, That's not great. the off season. This isn't Pac-12 Media Day, but he just he's laid back. He's he like he likes. A lot of football coaches can only talk football. That's there. a genuine answer of a question. <laughs> yes. Right? He you thought asked about a question it. and he thoughtfully responded to that question. Right. Yes. Most right. coaches have been irritated. Like, oh, I'm focusing on the game. Like, yeah. What are you going to give and me? Give you some, like, and give you hella cliches about the game. Yes, like, exactly. That just broke down college mascots for you. Exactly. And they're going to be featured on HBO's new series 24-7. Florida Gators, um, Arizona State, Washington State, and Penn State are going to be the four schools that they're going to uh, preview in that one. So pretty cool, that one. Another cool story out of college football was this kid on game day, Carson King. So he, as game day has all these kids in the back down, uh, background, right. they're holding up all these various signs. If I was a kid, I'd do this nowadays, too. He holds up a sign with his Venmo, like, send me money for beer. Like, yeah, I need beer need money. Or Bush. Yeah, there you go. Bush yeah. Light Supply needs replenished. <laughs> and so what happens... It started off as like a funny thing. It was like four or five thousand bucks. You're like, what a great story. This kid's going to have beer money. Then it gets up to eleven thousand and he made it public. He's like, you know what? I'm going to give this money. I'm going to donate it because it's found money. I don't, you know, I'm going to give it away. Sure. It's really a cool story. So Bush got involved. Venmo got involved and That's they said awesome. they're going to match the money he was going to donate to the Steed, Iowa Steed Family Children's Hospital. And so the money now is up to an astronomical one hundred and seventy thousand oh, dollars. Wow! After he just individuals gave to him fifty six thousand dollars with the match, it comes up to one hundred and seventy grand going to Family Children's Hospital there in Iowa. Just that's, an unbelievably cool story. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, what a buttoned up like kid to be that age and 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 think about somebody else like that. Like I can't 
Right. Can't be sure that I would have. Oh my done god, I would have been like, like that with 11k. I would have been like dumping like flat screen TV, yeah, PlayStation, yeah. and speakers so, in my dorm room. Good for you, uh, yeah. brother. Is that the is that the hospital? Yeah, where they where wave. They, that's such a cool thing, man. It is. Like, it, I've never would, been, but they say like fans are like crying, and I, it's like because they're waving the children who are undergoing very serious treatments, cancer sure. treatments, other things. They're looking, watching the game, and everybody turns around and waves to them. It's just a really emotional story. Two thoughts. Um. I have a bucket list of college stadiums that I'd like to go to for various reasons and see a game. That would actually make my bucket list. Yeah. Do that. Um, and then I'm sure you guys did it with the teams you were on when you visited the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you vi- like we used to vi- visit them out in Utah, like the Shriners Hospital and stuff like that. And it was a really, really tough day, but a really, really uh, rewarding day at the end of it when mm-hmm. you could make those kids smile and just brighten up their day and their family's day for like that split second. You know what I mean? And put a lot of stuff in perspective for you uh, when you're living the life that you were living as an athlete. And you had, and you went to those hospitals, uh, and you saw what was taking place. You know what I mean? I so. mean, you talk about heroes. We look at uh, NFL, NBA players as heroes. Those kids who are battling and yeah. like have positive smiles on their faces. Those are like the real no, heroes. It's real deal. And those I, families that are dealing with that. Remember too. the cleat I had yesterday, and I yeah. did the Dornbacher freestyle. Yeah. And you asked me about it, and I should the have names remembered that it. were on it. I didn't remember it. Um, it, it is a hospital uh, in in Oregon. It's a children's hospital, and. You know, the kids will paint the shoes. So part of the proceeds that go from selling the cleats or the sneakers or what have you that are, that are, that are Dornbach or freestyle uh, merchandise goes back to that hospital. So I felt, you know, bad and I, I was reminded off air of exactly what it was, but it's a really cool thing too. So Nike supports it, you know, via the, sh- the shoes that they put out, uh, reference Dornbacher or very cool. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Welcome back to Kennell and Bell. Uh, the NFL after a couple weeks of the season. Uh, there have been two names that I have seen predominantly dominate the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. It's been Patrick Mahomes in his quest to get another one back-to-back, which obviously he would be there. And the other name I have seen is Lamar Jackson. After the statistical start that he's gotten off to, it's been off the charts. Yep. You know what I think we're forgetting about? I mean, I think we're forgetting about Dak Prescott. Oh, he boy. has been off the charts on point for the Dallas Cowboys. Statistically... He has been as clean as you could ask. Uh, three touchdowns, one interception. He had the one uh, pick against Washington, but it was it was early in the game. Didn't matter. He's completing eighty six percent of his passes. You know what else he has going for him? Uh. He plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, are we forgetting that? Like, and I get like, I don't. If he's if this team is as good as I think, and I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. I think they're going to win the NFC uh, East. I think yep. they're the best team in that division with some of the Eagles' issues that they have right now. He's going to be in that mix. And Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, I mean, this might be crazy to say I don't think he gets 50 touchdowns again, but I think Dak is going to be there statistically at the end of the year in the conversation where I think we are overlooking him at this point. And Lamar Jackson has been great too. I question his sustainability more than I do Dak Prescott. Absolutely. But I think if all three of them are standing there at the end of the season with MVP-type numbers, I think Dak actually gets the nod. I think... Patrick Mahomes got it last year. Yep. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, like it the, hurts, right? They are always looking for somebody new. Sure. You know? I, I, and I think Lamar Jackson, for whether this is fair or not, I think there'll still be a percentage of people that question whether or not he's real, even if he does it for a whole season. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the type of, like, um, you know, th- that's the way his game is viewed in some regards, whether that's fair or not. Right. I think Dak, you're, what, three now? Four. Four. Yeah. Um, if, if he is in the conversation at the end with su- numbers that support him being in the conversation of those three, I think he'd win it. The other aspect to this is remember the contracts that were being doled out, you know, Ezekiel Elliott gets his new oh, deal. Yeah. 
and Dak, there was a rumor before week one oh. that he was going to get a new deal, and then it just went away. It's like talks have stalled. Uh, it's just put on the back burner. I before was like Dak should take the deal, take thirty million. Oh, I remember. You remember that, right? Yeah. Now he might have been the best example yet of betting on yourself and breaking the bank because you did so. Do you remember after like the, the it was right before the first game? I was like, should he just like this point like let it ride and just and let and and let it play itself out? Timing is timing is everything, right? Um, if you're if you're the Dallas Cowboys. There was probably a part of you that wasn't really sure, wasn't certain. There was part of you that believed he was the guy. Um, but you were willing to roll the dice a little bit. Um, probably thinking that, eh, he might not take that next step. We'll probably be able to lock him in at, at this number. Yeah. So far, you were wrong. <laughs> exactly. And so Dak, if I'm you, bro, there is not a chance that we are signing anything unless that number is above Carson Wentz, right? Right. Now. Make me the highest Make paid. Make me the highest paid. Because he's outplaying Carson Wentz we'll early. It, we'll get it done. Yep. If it's anything short of that, table those conversations, I'll let you in the offseason. Right. I mean, those MVP conversations we just had, I don't see. Carson Wentz is actually behind Dak Prescott in the odds right now. Jared Goff, who, by the way, got a new deal as well. Yeah. He's a distant, you know, like six or seven down the list as far as the MVP conversation goes. If I'm him, I'm saying make me. And I, I did not timing, feel that bro. way just two weeks ago. Timing. And I like Dak. You could have got him on the cheap at 32. <laughs> exactly. On the cheap. Exactly. Now he's going to be about 35, 36. And good for him for getting it. The only question I would have, is, and, and they always seem to figure it out. Like yeah. your salary cap, hey, Jerry's going to play. My hands are tied. I don't have that much money. He said he wanted to keep everybody happy. He said we wanted to pay everybody. Well, now you might have to figure out just how exactly you're going to do that. Well, and how, yeah. And maybe it's Amari Cooper is the guy that's on the outside. And it was less than, I don't know, three weeks ago that we, we were saying, I was saying, hey, that team, you know, if you lose Dak Prescott, you know, it's one thing. But if you lose Zeke Elliott, that team doesn't work. I need to walk that back, right? <laughs> right. Seriously. No, the yeah. That cat's playing. Like, you can't afford to lose that. And now they got the best of both worlds because they yeah. have them both on the field and they are tearing it up. I do think they're the best team in the, uh, in the NFC East, clearly, I think they're going to win that division. The Eagles did not look great, and the Eagles were demolished by injuries. We saw that in their matchup with Atlanta in primetime. So there was like six dudes that went down, a couple of them done for the game, out for a considerable amount of time. But it was just a laundry list of players. So you know what Doug Peterson did yesterday? And this is unprecedented in the NFL. Canceled practice. He said, you know what? We're just going to do a walkthrough, and we don't have enough bodies to go out there. The NFL, man, has it been a rough year, and I don't know what this means. Like, are other teams going to start looking at this and taking on the same approach? Because historically, when I was on teams, you early it's only week three of the NFL season. You would still be having padded practices, full pads, doing some contact work, yes. maybe even an inside drill, and the quarterbacks were never getting hit. But a lot of guys are thumping. They're doing some things that are physically taxing on your body. And then... Week 10, week 11, you take the pads off yeah. in practice or only half the practice. I actually remember doing that uh, with the Falcons. You would do like the first 45 minutes in pads, and then the last 45, you would take off the pads. Right. Um, Denver with Mike Shanahan, he was much more player-friendly. You might actually be in pads, but you didn't hit anybody. It was just kind of to have your pads on so for sure. conditioning purposes. For this type of situation, I wonder if this is just the new – NFL, where team, it's a violent game, they're bigger, faster, stronger, and coaches are going to start saying, hey, it's just survival at this point. I cannot risk 
banging on my guys in practice. Would, you're going to see more guys just doing this. It would behoove you to probably do so. Yeah. I mean, if there's mental work that you can do and you don't have to beat them up physically, I can't speak to the evolution of, of like, um, practice and, and stuff in, in the NFL, but in the NBA, from when I came into the league to when I left the league, it was just night and day in terms of how much banging and running and just time that you spent in the gym on your legs. Um, and then when I got out of the league and I saw what they were doing in Cleveland from a sports science perspective in terms of, you know, really dialing into like your day to day. So if I need Danny for Thursday, and I've told this, this story before, but if I need Danny on Thursday, um, and it's Sunday, what is Danny's Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday need to look like for him to be at optimum performance ability on Thursday? And that might mean like low usage, um, and, and, and or, or low time and high volume. On or low volume and high intensity on Monday and then high volume and high intensity on Tuesday and then scale it back on Wednesday. But they have it dialed in to a science. It's tracked on the computer. They know what your body needs and they listen to it in the NBA. Um, if they're not doing that in the NFL, they need to probably start doing it. I think so too. I do think you could run into some potential issues. Um, you can get all the mental reps you want. You can walk through plays, but so much of the passing game so many blocking schemes are timing based yeah. where if you're not running them full speed, you really don't know what you're going to get. So I think it might translate to sloppier play, which we've seen so far in the NFL across the board. We've seen some sloppy games, some sloppy play because they didn't do anything in the preseason. Right. They didn't do anything all off season. So they're kind of figuring things out as you go. Sure. That's the one kind of consequence from this, but Hey, would you rather be a little bit sloppy and have your guys healthy, or would you rather be losing guys in practice and not playing with That's them? That's the question, right? Right. So I don't know. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see if this is a trend that more and more uh, teams will take note of. Because I remember when I went to Mike Shannon, that was unheard of. Wait, we're not going to hit today, and I loved it. And then other teams started looking. Hey, the Broncos are making Super Bowl runs. They're always good. It's because they're taking care of their players. Their players are fresh on Sunday. Yeah, maybe it's something that teams will look at. Whatever you have to do in that spot. In any case, I do think the Cowboys are becoming more and more of a lock to win the NFC East. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell on this Thursday. We usually do Five Star Friday, mm -hmm. but why not do it today? I'm going to be on the road tomorrow because okay. we have Skype from New York City. So it'll be a little bit different. And we asked our listeners, we appreciate you guys, we love you guys, uh, to ask some questions for us on Apple uh, review section on podcast. You can go there, give us a five-star review. You ask us questions, we'll get them answered for you. Yeah. If you subscribe, you might as well unsubscribe and subscribe again. It helps <laughs> us in the ratings. That's well. a good thing <laughs> uh, where you can trick the system a little bit. So we had a pretty good one from Canton Max 0513 asked us, my wife and I are about to have a baby number two and are arguing about names. Any suggestions for a baby girl? P.S. If my wife likes one of your names, I'll let you have the middle name too. Wow. Whatever you want. <laughs> wow. You have a girl's name that you would be attached to. I will say this. I have three girls. Yeah, you have three girls. My wife one. leaned towards the more boyish names. Uh -huh. I do like that. I think it's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, if there's gender inequality, maybe if there's an equal and they're just looking at names out of a box, mm. they don't notice that if mm. you think that's the case. Um, Dylan, not that she's my favorite, although my middle is one of my, I do like to snuggle with her a little bit better. But Dylan, for a girl, yeah. whether you're a Bob Dylan fan, uh, whether you're a fan of Dylan's Candy Stores, which mm -hmm. is actually where my daughter Dylan came from, spelled D-Y-L-A-N. Yeah. 
I'm very partial to that name. I think it's a cool girl's name. I'm also into alliteration. Yeah. I don't know your last name. Right. But I was also be kind of in like find something that goes like like uh M and M or whatever it would be. Yeah, those uh those are real the names are tough because yeah. there's a lot of, that goes into names. I like uh Brooklyn. Ooh, I like that name. I like too. Brooklyn. Um I like uh Halsey. Oh, wait a second. You didn't just name yeah. a girl after a pop singer, did we? Yeah, I like that name, though. You do? I like the name. I And then um, the third name that I like, it's after a golfer for a girl. I never really heard before. Rory. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Say, what about Brooks? I like, I like Brooks. Is good too. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Um, Rory's an interesting name. Rory's for an girl. interesting name for a girl, right? And yeah. I never really thought about it, but anyway. I kind of like that one. All right. Keep us updated. Can't Max. You can leave another review and tell us who's <laughs> your girl because we're all about those. All right. How about NC Buckeye 15? You have both mentioned it before about wanting to take the show on the road. We haven't, we have been kind of quiet lately about yeah, that yeah, desire because we, we actually had some pretty fun trips. Uh, rah, rah, what rah, would rah, be rah. your top three sporting events you would want to record at? Bonus. Would you ever record a show while Rajah is mic'd up coaching a Whoa. game? <laughs> At your high school. That would be great. Could we pull that off? I don't know how great that would be. <laughs> but no, I would We'd do it. We'd have to have a beep button. I would definitely button. do it. We'd have to have a beep button, like, yeah, ready to go. We guys, can edit it later. Yeah, if it's for pod. Like, yeah. Joey said it was for pod, so you yeah. can go through and clean up whatever needed to be cleaned up. Yeah. But I think it'd probably have bleep, to be a... Yeah. Well, let's do it. <laughs> I think it might have to be a right before and right after the game. <laughs> Maybe a halftime interview real quick. Right. Because you're pretty intense. Is there a game on your schedule without throwing anybody under the bus that you would feel comfortable like, hey, we got this game in hand. I can have fun in this one. No, no? I'm never having fun. <laughs> oh, no. I'm never, I'm never enjoying even, it. I'm no. all, I always feel like, all I'm, like I'm always angry. I would envision that too. Yeah, I'm always angry. Right, let's see if we can get that. As but I'm definitely as, doing uh, sporting events. Augusta's got to be number one. Number one. Right? Yep. Um, I would like to do national. I would like to see a national championship game. Like, yeah. So from that, that'd be cool. And then the third, I don't know. National I've always had NBA finals, awesome. but they're all over the place. Like they're right. It's seven hard to them, pick so that one know. spot. I would have loved to have been last year at Pebble Beach, but uh, the U.S. Open I think is at Harding Park in San Francisco. That's a pretty good backdrop too. Ryder Cup. Oh yeah, international though. International. I want to go international. No I doubt. Go like we missed the opportunity to go Pass to France. Out, baby. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That's my next push. Who cares even what it is? Like even if it's some like. Uh, Grand Prix race. Like, send us over. Sports out. Olympics. Send us to Monaco. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. Oh, yeah. We go, uh, where the Olympics are in Tokyo, I believe. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. There we go. All right. We got to get CBS to cover that. I think it's an NBC product. So I don't know if we're going to get that one, uh, either there. The last one, we'll get to that next time. What's the bet between you two for the FSU Miami game? We will have plenty of time to figure that out and it will be something with monster stakes. Because I like my chances. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm feeling better about Willie Tiger. We're going to get them back in the mix. All right. That's a wrap for us. Enjoy the games tonight. Rory. Uh, the Titans-Jags will be breaking Brooklyn. down tomorrow. Dylan. I like it. We got middle names, too, if you go with one of them. See ya. Have a good one.